everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is our continu- continued Tribeca coverage with our review of All About Nina. I am Christopher Schneezy. I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, I think last episode, maybe we did a little more arguing. Um, this episode, I assumed we would do a lot less arguing. Oh, you, we'll see. We'll you see. made some statements as we were walking away from the theater. You, you, were, you were teasing me a little bit with the fact that we may or may not have some conflicting opinions about this film. Um, so I'm very curious and excited to get into it. Oh, yeah. Me too. Um, so what do you say we do that then, Stephen? Mm-hmm. Once again, I don't think there's a trailer for All About Nina quite yet. Um, so we're just going to dive into it. Uh, All About Nina is the story of a female comedian who... Uh, you know, there's a couple things we know about her. One, she has bad taste in men, and she really wants to be part of a uh, comedy organization called uh, Comedy Prime. And uh, yeah, she goes for yeah. That. She moves from New York to LA to try to start her life out there. Basically. Yeah. Stephen Miller, you are a fan of uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm-hmm. You are a fan of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, this film has both of those things. <laughs> it, it sure does. Um, yeah, so I love... You might, you might say it's the common thread. <laughs> yeah, it is the common thread. Um, I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead in this movie. Dot, dot, dot. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, so here, so here's the thing. Th- that That isn't as much of a... Uh, damning with faint praise as it sounds because this movie is mostly Mary Elizabeth Winstead being her character. Like there are lots of long monologues in this movie. The camera is nearly always on her. This is her film to carry and she does a great job with the character of Nina. I, I loved seeing her. She's not playing against type, but she's definitely playing more of like a a lighter, um, sassier. I don't know if that word. Well, I think, I mean, so off of off air, we have talked about Mary Elizabeth Winstead being like she feels like the older, mature sister of the other lead that we would see in like a normal romantic comedy. Like she right. she plays that role a lot, but also she just she has a very very ladylike manner to many of her roles. Like she mm-hmm. just plays people who are mature and like level headed and has their shit together. Yeah. And in this film she's still playing a strong character, but just somebody who definitely doesn't have their shit together and yes. is sort of aggressive and, and purposefully off-putting um, right. to people because she has like an axe to grind. Right, and, and, and more so than just the character she plays, seeing her play within the confines of what I found to be surprisingly a comedy. Like, like for the most part, this is a very comic rom com movie with rom-com sensibilities. There are moments in this film that deviate heavily from the the confines of a rom-com but i think there's a lot of zany humor in this movie and a lot of moments of her like reacting to things in humorous ways and yeah i I was surprised to learn that she has solid comedy chops too like mary elizabeth winstead does fantastic in this movie yeah it's a great great role for her here's the thing is almost anything else about this movie in my mind felt very sketched out and rough in the way of like a person wanting to make a silly comedy and like not having the tools to do it. Like, like let me get into a few of them. 
I, I still can't believe that. Like, no, I know. I know. Th- this opinion follows the last film we watched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, so for one, it's just t- tonally, this is a, a very different movie than that last film. Like, this is not a movie that is riding on some high of like style or packing a punch in as like quick a time frame as possible. Like, this is a traditionally told story. So I'm judging it as a traditionally told story because that's how I experienced it, right? Like, it. It it's a like semi heartfelt, semi funny narrative about one person, and like how well it works for me is largely going to be contingent on how well I believe it, or well how how well I'm willing to like suspend my disbelief by virtue of something else about it. So like, no character in this movie who isn't Nina is very good in my opinion. I you you mentioned common, and so I don't want to like say too much negative because that. I'm glad that you liked him in this movie. That's great. To me, not only is he still just playing common in this movie, it almost felt like he was, whenever they were having a dialogue, like he had filmed his scenes like later, like in some separate time. Like the way it was cut, it it felt very pasted in and it always just felt like common was like not looking at the right place in the camera. It it felt really weird to me. Their meet cute did not work at all for me and that was the first time in the movie i was like oh no i might not be vibing with what this movie is doing listeners can't see but i'm shaking my head Chris is shaking his head in frustration (laughs) this is two episodes in a row where while i'm giving my input chris is just shaking his head sadly um yeah i i i can't separate common from the character's common plays and here i just found him like wildly distracting and implausibly perfect like there's like nothing there's nothing human about him in this role he's just like the perfect suave guy who's like endlessly patient we don't really it's i don't want to talk my motivation because i don't care it's just other bits of humor in this movie like there were a lot of funny moments i i laughed in this movie but there's a side character that she meets when she moves to la who becomes her roommate that to me was like straight up B minus comedy on Netflix stock character. Like it it was like very, very, very cheesy in a way that didn't make sense. Like her big joke when you meet her is like, she says, hello, my name is so-and-so and and my pronouns are she, her. And it it just felt very like easy, lowbrow, like, hi, this is LA from the way that a New Yorker would see it type of, type of humor. I mean, I, I can't, I can't disagree about the, the housemate, like, that character is definitely just there to be funny side dressing for the story. But I think that I I think that both Mary Elizabeth Winstead and common in this film, I think they are great. Mm -hmm. And I think that I don't think that your description of commons character as being implausibly perfect is a hundred percent accurate. I feel that he is, he behaves implausibly perfect because he is broken and tired. Mm. And I feel that like his character has failed enough that he's just done with bullshit and he is accidentally perfect and only technically accidentally perfect for Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Like they both people are at a part at a moment in their life where their lack of caring anymore coincide with the other person's lack of caring about their state mm-hmm. and i think that like he he has gone through stuff on his own side of things and he has 
been with people that he thinks he wants to be with and realized pretty quickly that he's not supposed to. And I think that he is, he just tired of fucking around and he <laughs> wants to be serious and sees something in Mary Elizabeth Winstead that like he is like, I'm, I'm just going to put effort in and be patient as fuck because like she seems pretty cool and I'm tired of whatever it is I've been doing this whole time. And I, he, he does have like whatever the, like equivalent of like some weird ethereal creature is he does have a little bit of that to him, mm -hmm. but I think it's situational. And I think that, um, he's charming as fuck. <laughs> he is. He's charming as fuck. So I, I kind of like am front loading criticism only because I know like that's what you were interested in is like, you want you wanted to know what didn't rub me correctly yeah, yeah. about this movie. Uh, so while I'm at it, I'm just going to throw one more in, which is, hard to explain but you mentioned two things i love are mary elizabeth winstead and stand-up comedy i feel like with the exception of mary elizabeth winstead's sets this movie doesn't understand stand-up comedy very well i i i this didn't ring authentically to me in the way that like a crashing or a berbiglia movie or like anything that is actually helmed by comedians about the world of stand-up would like the. I well, don't even know how to explain. There's something about the interaction between the stand-up comics, the way like the New York bits are played, the way the characters are talking backstage that I, for all I know, all the other actors are stand-up comics and I just am unfamiliar with like this particular brand of comedy, but it, it just didn't ring authentically to me. It, it rang like, a screenwriter saying, I want my character to be a comedian. Somebody tell me what comedians are like, and I'm going to like frame conversations for them. So like it didn't get a huge stand-up boost, except of course for Nina. Like I think Nina's great. Yeah. I think Nina on stage is great. Mary Elizabeth Winstead does a great job with her. There's a scene toward the end of the movie that is kind of the surprising crux of the film that you don't know is going to come until it does. That is breathtaking and yeah. excellent a absolutely excellent so i lied when i said i only love mary elizabeth winstead what i meant is i only love the things that are about nina yeah. in this movie yeah, and but, but everything Steven, else just detracted from the it. film is all about nina <laughs> i wish it were i wish it were it's a lot about common <laughs> um well he is common um but so so i think i think that there's not a lot of time in this film spent in those backstage moments. Hmm. Um, and I think the film is, is mostly the, the film is mostly con uh, concerned with like the female point of view and the, uh, the stereotype of being a female comic. And I think that, that the reason the dialogue is stilted between the male comic characters behind the scenes is because the film is only concerned with the trope of like, Oh, you're a comic and you talk about sex. I want to fuck you. And I think the film, that's like, that's like the one note joke that goes through. But I think that also there was some maybe heightened reality in the story and that like, this is all Nina remembers from those interactions is she doesn't remember if she had a good kind conversation with another comic that backstairs, uh, backstairs, <laughs> backstage, all she remembers is that like this person tried to fuck me or this person tried to fuck me. And I think that like I I didn't see that as just them writing poor characters. I just saw that as like this is the way that Nina sees the world because that's 
the world that she's experienced, right? Mm. And I think that this this story is because it is concerned with like women characters being like played against each other for roles um, and things like that. Like that it's that it's trying to make a tiny statement about that, and then it just tries to fill in the characters to make that scenario work, and is less concerned with building those scenes up mm. as it is with building the main interactions with Nina on her journey and common's a huge part of that so he's always there um but i think it i think like they did have a comic consultant uh yeah i was so seeing that in the q a almost made me question was i just not in the right mood to receive the the stand-up in this movie <laughs> because i was convinced when the credits rolled like with the exception of jay moore and jay moore hasn't really as far as I know, hasn't really been active in like stand up for a long time. You know, he was f- famous quite a while ago for SNL. Um, with the exception of Jay Moore, I would firmly believe that like no actual comedian was involved in the making of this movie, which is fine. Like you can tell stories that aren't don't happen to be true to the people who are acting in them. It just didn't. It didn't ring right for me. Like the the scenes at well, any. At any sort of comedy venue, when it wasn't just Mary Elizabeth Winstead going on stage, just like didn't ring authentically in the way that I feel like, like like I loved Don't Think Twice, for instance, yeah, a, a lot. Mike Birbiglia's movie from two years ago, which has a very similar central event that the characters are orbiting around. In, in Mike Birbiglia's thing, it's what was it called, like Weekend Live or Saturday yeah, Live. Yeah. It was something like that, and they don't name the manager. Here, it's a comedy prime with Larry Michaels, which, to me, like, why parody to that degree, right? Like, why name him Larry Michaels? Like, it'd be one thing if this were, like, a spoof of the comedy world, but this isn't a spoof. Like, this is telling a kind of real story, and I I just didn't get it. It felt, like, thinly sketched in a way where... it was like an uncanny valley between not quite spoof and not quite taking it earnestly either. And I didn't know how to, how to take those moments. Yeah, And, and I think that even in the Q and a that the, the filmmaker mentioned that she had the idea for this story and later on made Mary Elizabeth Winstead a, a, a comedian because she was like, Oh, what better way than to allow her to get out some of this, um, background and some of this uh, emotion then up on a stage where she can like do that mm-hmm. um like th- this story could have been very similarly told as a musician and all but then you have to write all the songs them. Yeah. <laughs> but, but i mean you, you could do it in in a very similar like you wouldn't have to change a lot if you just turned her into a singer and had all the songs be about the same kind of stuff um so i think that like i i can like i i can't disagree um, but I think that they did, there is there there are little bits of like the the opening of this film is a, is a montage of her doing the same joke several different ways. So it's like she's kind of like learning how to deliver the punchline mm-hmm. the correct way. She's when interacting genuinely, quote unquote, with other characters, um, she'll like write stuff in her notebook like yeah. mm-hmm, that thought I just came up with on the fly. I can turn that into a joke and then use it later. Um, so I think there are there's at least a, enough knowledge of how you work through material and there is a sense that like this is up on stage she's always telling the truth like it's like a line directly out of common's mouth where he's like you're either lying up there or you're lying right here with Tell me right the now truth. <laughs> uh 
Um, but, but yeah, so it, it's, I, I don't know. I, I guess I was less turned off by those points mm-hmm. of that stuff, but like I, this film, I had two, I had two different journeys of loving this film. Mm-hmm. I had the just in, incredible charm of, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, the incredible charm of like watching common try to like court her essentially. Um, and like the way their dynamics and histories played off each other. And I was already just like in love with this, the movie from that standpoint. Like I was like, okay, cool. This is my happy anniversary or whatever, as you said. Um, and then like the third act happens right? and I'm like, Oh fuck, this movie is great. (laughs) Like, Like I was already on board. And then it like, it just, it went from being just, uh, whatever the emotional side of, of uh, flashy at the beginning to being just this like very, very uh, soulful, like heartfelt, um, uh, just last everything in the movie that it just, it, it, you know, we've talked in, in recent episodes about how like I can watch a whole film that is just fun and cute. And then if it does some work at the end, that will justify the entire existence of the film. Like this is the, this is everything. Mm-hmm. And I think this film has that plus a very fun, drawnable, like just her journey of trying to be the best comedian she can be and get the job that she's always dreamed to have. Um, I, I just really, really like that. Like, yeah. And so that leads me to believe I am definitely a hypocrite because not only, yeah, you said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, because not only am I usually susceptible to the idea that, the perfect moment in the third act can justify a whole movie. I believe this movie has that perfect moment, but by far the best part of the movie is an extended monologue that Mary Elizabeth Winstead gives at the end of the film. It's perfect. It's amazing. Like it might be the single best acted thing I've seen at this festival. Like it's really, really, really good. And I don't know why in the context of this genre that I don't know how to name where it's kind of comedy and kind of romance and kind of drama, and it exists in this world that like isn't hyper real but isn't real either. That couldn't retroactively like take away the sort of tonal confusion that I had with this movie. Um, I still liked it, by the way. It just like I couldn't let go of the negatives the way that even in Smashed, for instance, yeah. which is the exact same thing. Like Smashed was entirely made for me by one tearful monologue that Mary Elizabeth Winstead has in that film. And 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 I think I mean not, not to interrupt your sentence but with Smashed I did not like Smashed mm-hmm. and I think that for me the I didn't buy the alcoholism, mm-hmm. right? Like I didn't buy I didn't I didn't buy the like I I was never convinced that they needed another drink just that they just wanted another drink, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it there was some there was something that there was something that felt inauthentic and I felt like I felt about their alcoholism in that film, the way that you feel about the comedy in this film Mm -hmm. where it just felt like, "Mm, this is not coming from a place of knowledge, but more from a place of like, just I'm trying to write this. And I I should be clear, by the way, if anyone were to listen to this movie, don't take a pull quote where I say (laughs) they don't know how stand-up comedy works. I'm sure way more (laughs) stand-up comics were involved in this movie than in my life. Like, (laughs) 
all I know is like as, as a fan of comedy related things, this didn't have the ring of truth that I've come to expect from maybe it's because they're all like male dominated podcasts and media. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, but th- there was just something missing from that. There was one other moment that didn't really ring true to me. I, I can't describe why because it would be a spoiler, but there's a moment when Nina says to a woman, uh, you read Nicholas Sparks books, what on earth makes you think you would like my material? And the huge irony of that moment is it is followed by the most Nicholas Sparksy twist that could ever happen in a movie. Like the, There's a, a treehouse falls on an ex-husband? Um, <laughs> l- let's just say there's a moment in Nicholas Sparks movies always where there's some abusive person from the past that threatens to show up in the new location and yeah, destroy yeah. the new love that they've found. Um, it's cheesy. It didn't need to be there. It doesn't serve any real purpose that couldn't have been served like a thousand other ways in the script. It, but it just well, felt like reaching for this kind of like very melodramatic rom-com sensibility that it didn't need. I think those events happen in reverse order. No. No, be, no, because she's talking. I think she, she I think she her, chews her out right before the the police officer comes, and then she just repeats the chewing out on stage. Yeah, but it's the event that causes her to go into this moment. Mm-hmm. It's so. It, okay, re- regardless of the order, she's making fun of Nicholas Sparks. The movie is making fun of Nicholas Sparks in a sense, and the movie, I don't think in the relationship between characters other than Nina, I don't think this movie has that much more nuance or depth than like your average Nicholas Sparks romance. It's girl is in a bad situation, is whisked away somewhere new, meets an impossibly wonderful man. The specter of the old life might come back to haunt her. And I don't think this like justified a lot more than that in terms of the central romance or the, the relationship with other characters in the movie. So I, I don't disagree that the tropes exist. I just think that this film is so much better than your average Nicholas Sparks film. Oh, it, it's better. Don't yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just that the, the the trope felt so tropey in that moment to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me personally, uh, the thing I didn't like about the, the beginning of the scene that you're talking about is um, uh Mary Elizabeth Winstead makes a statement about the way a father acts in front of his daughter, like random characters that are not technically important to the story. And Common's like quip reaction is like, oh, you want me to stand up for you like that guy did her? And then like directly the following scene, he stands up for her in a, mm-hmm. in a way that, let's be honest, the ramifications of that moment would be drastically different yeah, very, than very, they play out in the film. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's true, and Common gets a line in there almost to that degree, but it, like, there were just things like that that felt like ham-fisted. Like it, I, it, I, it felt like it was written... It, it, was written it. To, <laughs> it was written to try to say too many things, and the plot is kind of a convenience that... like escalate situations very, very, very quickly just so they can come back down and go up again. I understand I'm a hypocrite because the last movie we talked about does this to like an insane degree. I, it's just this, this sort of movie, it didn't make sense for it, for it to go that way for me. Well, I, 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 will, I will say this. The, you know, I, I teased this in the last review 
but uh, one of my complaints about the, the parties just beginning um, was that I felt that the filmmaker maybe wasn't as close to the source material as she should have been to make this story. And the filmmaker of this film, all about Nina, she beat around the bush a lot, but mm-hmm. she, in not so many words, yeah. said that this is her story. Yeah. Um, and like she, she is very close to the source material in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And um, though she herself is not a stand-up comic, um, she just set the story she wanted to tell and sort of like her way of working through the like the underlying story was put into a thing that helps everybody deal with it. Yeah. And I think that um, there is authenticity in the story, even if it's not on the relationship side or the comedy side, there is an underlying like truth that is like something that makes this film worth the watch. And I think, uh, worth the credit. That yeah, oh, and, and I have a thousand percent agree. Like, yeah. again, I think everything about Nina's particular issues and her personality and the way she deals with the world and she, the way she navigates experiences and the way she relates to her past as like presents itself throughout the movie, all of that felt totally authentic and totally right. That is the reason this is still a good movie. Like, even though if this movie didn't have that core of truth, this would be my like happy anniversary. This would be my movie where I'm like, wow, Chris is real cheesy. (laughs) If he fell for that, it's, it's just the other stuff. It's, it's the romance and the standupness with the exception of, a scene with impressions. I, I loved that scene. Like there, there are scenes of genuinely really, really funny comedy in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it just felt stapled together in a kind of, kind of odd way. Like it's surprising to have a movie that is very comic. And then just in the last 15 minutes decides to like throw a huge wrench into you and veer into very, very, very serious, important territory. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's like a tonally surprising choice, I think. Yeah, but, but but I mean it's 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 one that like it earns like the whole cloth like it it, mm-hmm. it it nails what it's trying to do in a way that I was not prepared for and it definitely hit me with that that gut punch that was that was there mm-hmm. yeah like my my biggest complaint about the film has nothing to do with the film itself and has everything to do with the three people who are sitting behind us mm-hmm. who like just their way of celebrating the film made me want they, they to like it less. Yeah. They, were, they were the worst. And this audience in general was surprising for a film festival because we had, we had the, the loud people behind us. I saw multiple phones being checked in the middle of the movie. Um, it, it, it was just weird. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There was something odd about it. But, uh, yeah. And we were sitting just a few rows behind uh, Mary Elizabeth Winsett and uh, Party. <laughs> Common was just to the right. That was very exciting. I'm sorry, Common. I'm sorry I didn't. I'm sorry I didn't appreciate you in this movie. D- didn't love what you were you were doing. Come on, though. I mean, dancing shirtless, playing like weird guitar. Oh, oh no, he. <laughs> I don't fault him for it. I just don't think he should be cast in movies where he's meant to be someone real. Like I, I feel like he has this otherworldliness to him where he can be like a ridiculous villain in a John Wick movie or something like that. But I don't think he can be like, 
I don't know. I, I, I just don't think he can be a believable romantic lead in the drama like this unless the character is supposed to be common. <laughs> it, it, it's just really hard for me to separate those things. Yeah. But I think that that's what they were going for. He was supposed to be literally the exact opposite of everyone else she's ever been with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. So I think it's about time to get to the verdicts for this film. Stephen Miller, you were going to give this a must-see. I recommend the caveat, wait for rental, pass the caveat, or a must-avoid. What would you get? I recommend the caveat. I think this is a good movie. It's like It's good because it is helmed by an amazing performance and it, it tell the dramatic arc of this movie as it relates to the main character is great and really, really, really well done. And it unfolds in an interesting way. Caveat being, I think there's a lot of stuff piled on this movie that veers it into territory that it didn't need. And that didn't feel nearly as authentic as the emotional core of the movie was. So yeah, it, it kept me from fully embracing it, but I still think it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, I'm going to give this a must-see. Um, I whipped out my Tribeca app and gave this a five-star rating uh, for the audience award uh, participation. Um, so, yeah, I, I really loved it, and I think that people should check it out once it becomes available. So, yeah, that is going to do it for our review of All About Nina. Um, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher uh, or wherever podcasts are found. Reversed it. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for the episode will come from those little jingles that have been playing throughout the festival. So hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah, it's 1.30 in the morning. We're going to go to sleep. And then tomorrow we're going to get up and do it all again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, talk to you guys later.